Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nobody is Shiftier, because in fact, nobody is shiftier than the shifty hippo. I got to start with a couple of things, guys. First of which, and I should have just kept this as something to let Zach put into here. Totally didn't. I started this show a few minutes ago, and it recorded for three seconds. Reason being, the only thing you heard was, oh, nope. Yeah, I hit record and then realized, oh, I got a shit right now. Yeah, that happened to me. And here's the funny thing. I just thought about it for the first time like two days ago. And of course, I jinxed myself. I was like, huh, I've never run into that where I've had this shit in the middle of the show. I no sooner than hit record that it hit like, oh, no, 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 I got to go now. So I apologize to the audience that doesn't get that little three second snippet. It would have been funny. Everybody could have enjoyed it. The second thing that I want to get into before we get into the show here, I just worked 14 hours yesterday. I started my day at 8 a.m. I left at 10 p.m. Or I clocked out at 10. I actually didn't leave for about another 40 minutes either just because I was there wandering. Not doing anything. Not doing anything off the clock. Don't worry. Just was there. But it's okay. Got my big gulp got my beer so i have all of my comforts they're all around me they surround me and uh you can expect plenty of breaks because we're we got ourselves out of a show here we will talk about one nba topic just because i feel like i would be doing a disservice to this audience if i just left this alone after somewhat breaking news has come i mean at this point it's been about 16 hours or so maybe a little bit more and then we're going to go through, and I'm going to tell you every NFL team's record this year, who gets into the playoffs, at what seed, and what my playoff predictions all the way to the Super Bowl champion are going to be. And it's fine to argue with me on these, by the way, because I will tell you ahead of time, I do these every year, and there's always a couple of teams that I entirely miss. Last year for me, I thought Arizona was still a year away. No, they, they were there. I mean, granted, obviously not a championship contender, although they did look like it for the first 13 weeks. But Arizona, I thought was going to be, you know, like a nine and eight. But hey, this looks promising kind of nine and eight team. No, they, they were really good. They were 11 and two at one point. The other team I missed was Cincinnati. I had Cincinnati last year going like four and 13. I thought they were going to be garbage. They were not. <laughs> they made it to the Super Bowl, in fact. Um, I thought that Indy was going to be a lot better than they were. They, uh, they turned out to not be, I thought Carson Wentz was going to go there to that great roster and be able to, I don't want to say save them because I think that might be overdoing it, but I thought that Carson Wentz with that offensive line, I'm like, okay, that's got to limit his mistakes, right? Oh no, he, he just does Carson Wentz. Okay. So this year. I'm going to lay this out with the information that I have. There are obviously going to be teams, and I even have some in mind that might be teams that are going to be better than I'm predicting. And I also might be looking at a team that I think might be just way better than they are. Additionally, keep in mind too, there are always teams. There's always like three or four where their quarterback's going through an injury. Sometimes they play through it. Sometimes they're just straight up out. So like last year, I had Baltimore really high. Well, Lamar Jackson goes down. They don't win after that. 
Okay. So you can't predict that ahead of time. I'm not going to say, hey, I think Lamar Jackson goes down a week six. This is under the assumption of healthy quarterback playing. Granted, that can always change. Russell Wilson last year wasn't anticipating that. So there, there's going to be all sorts of things that will be different. So it's fine to argue with me about these. I actually really enjoy those kind of conversations. So we're going to get there in a little bit. But first, let me talk about the one topic in the NBA that seems to be driving the narrative right now, which is Kevin Durant has more or less agreed to terms to remain in Brooklyn for the time being. Okay. The time being could be any time. I just want to make that point very clear. Keep in mind, Katie and Kyrie are good friends off the court. They both asked for a trade at different points of the offseason. I have a feeling that this is something where Brooklyn didn't want to move Kyrie for nothing. And because of that, Kyrie was going to stay, or really more so forced to stay. And he probably more likely than not and granted i obviously don't have any insider sources here but i'm going to assume that he had a conversation with kevin durant at some point and said hey man they're not getting me out of here i'm here next year doesn't look like they're looking to get rid of you right now either why not why don't we just play this one out now i could say this right now and two hours from now Kyrie blows up and is like so i i want out still just to clarify it we'll we'll see but that's my feeling. Do I think this stays this way? No. I think that by midseason, one, if not both of these players are no longer in Brooklyn. I've been saying it the whole time through, although I did not think they would last the offseason. And granted, there's still time in this offseason. I want that to be kept in mind because what this does is it essentially – This might be forcing some of the teams that haven't given up quite enough to say, well, shit, if he's ready to stay, now we have to give up more. We thought we had the leverage before. Now now we don't. So that that might be a move for Brooklyn to be able to just get more for these players. I don't think that by trade deadline that both of them are still there. I won't be shocked if KD's still there, but I don't foresee him being there after this year. I I just don't see a scenario in which that could even take place. I I think that we're going to be looking at a Brooklyn team that's really going to be young pieces going into the, not, not into this season at this point, but going into next season, I think these moves are going to be made. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Kyrie's contract, this is the last year on it. So if I'm not mistaken, he becomes a free agent after this year. So he gets out of there. Depending on what they do beyond Kyrie being out of there, because I foresee that happening, even if somehow, some way, these two are together by the end of the season, I think Kyrie still leaves. And maybe Brooklyn can pull something off to keep KD there, but I I don't know. <laughs> I'm just not buying it. I, I can't get behind that theory. Like, okay, yeah, they're going to – because even if they run it back, we've seen what it is. It's got some of the greatest offensive potential you've ever seen in your life, and defensively, it's terrible, and they can't win in the playoffs. I mean, they're they're just going to be a perpetual somewhere between four and seven seed, and they're going to get knocked out in the first, maybe second round. And 
that's what this team is, as currently constituted. I mean, Seth Curry's a nice piece. Joe Harris, pretty good piece. What's after that? Blake Griffin? Tried to sell me on Blake Griffin? <laughs> Get out of here. All right. So that that's my take on the NBA for right now. Before we move over to the NFL, we are going to take a little sip of the beer because, well, it's been eight and a half minutes. Beer breaks are plenty today. So what we're going to do here, I'm going to go through each division. I'm going to tell you what each team's record in that division is going to be. After I conclude the NFC, I will go back and tell you who the playoff teams are. Obviously, as we go through 16 teams at a time here, it's it might be a little difficult to keep up. Ooh, who did he have in? Ooh, who was going to be the seventh seed? I'll go back and break that down for you, and then I'll do that with the AFC. Then we're going to flip the page, and I'm going to go over playoff predictions. Keep in mind, as I do this, I make sure that the negative from one side and the positive from the other even out to zero so that these could be realistically the way that every team's record actually ends. I don't do it in a way where every team is over 500. Obviously, that can't be the case. For every team that's over 500, there's got to be somebody that's equally below 500. And obviously, as you mix that in with 32 teams, that number fluctuates a lot more. I have this to where, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it is minus 18 on the NFC side and plus 18 on the AFC side. That was the math that I did earlier. That was fun. That was really what I wanted to do when I woke up, by the way. So happy I got to go through that. Here we go. We're going to start off with the NFC East. We've got in fourth place the New York Giants at 5-12. and 12. Personally, I think that this is the year that Daniel Jones is playing for his future, but not with New York. I think New York's already moved off Danny Dimes, and they're looking towards what their future quarterback's going to be. This is Daniel Jones' chance to present to the rest of the league, hey, if you guys need a guy that can compete for a starting job, or hell, if you just need one of those backups, it's better than most of the backups, and you just want somebody that's really sturdy in place, I'm still that guy. And I think that's more so what Daniel Jones is going to become in his newer iterations of the NFL future for him but this is his year to prove that because if he has another year like he's had where he has like 18 turnovers he's probably still going to be a backup somewhere but it's not going to be one of these guys that's even talked about as a oh yeah this guy's on this team it'll just be like oh yeah they picked up daniel jones sweet we got a backup that's what this season is for the giants otherwise i think the roster building's going pretty well but i don't think that it's a good team by any means Third place in the division, we have the Washington Commanders at 7-10. and 10. This is unfortunate for Washington fans. I think Carson Wentz just makes you good enough to not get like a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. That's what sucks because that's the purgatory you don't want to be stuck in. Washington hasn't done a terrible job as far as roster building either. They they have something going. It's, it's not great, but it's they've got pieces. But when you look at the quarterback position, obviously, I do believe that Carson Wentz is going to be somewhat of an upgrade for them. Can he bring the team playoff good? You know what? Honestly, I he probably could. But do I think it's going to happen? I'm leaning towards no. But if there is any year where any bad team can make it, the NFC this year is that year. 
because there are not seven good teams as far as I'm concerned. Number two in the NFC East, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at nine and eight. Now, the Eagles were a tough one for me because they actually, as I look through their schedule, they could go 11 and six. They play a lot of bad teams. But I think through, okay, there's got to be somewhat of an evening out here. And I got to think the teams like Washington, the Giants, Carolina, Atlanta, even there, there's going to be teams that we know aren't very good, but they're still going to win games that they probably shouldn't. So if they're going to be a little bit better than me going through, I went through all 32 team schedules and I said, okay, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And a lot of these, I came out on the higher end because anything that was close, I just gave to the team. I'm like, okay, so we'll start you off here. We'll start you off here. And then we're going to cherry pick from there with the exception of the really bad teams, which I made, like I had two one in 16 teams when I started doing this by doing win loss, win loss. I'm like, there's not going to be two one in 16 teams. It's not going to happen. I don't even have one in there. So I, I had to look at that and I'm like, so if they're going to win some that I don't think that they're going to win, who are going to be some of the teams that are going to lose some that I don't think that they should lose. Philadelphia was like the first team that came to my mind. I'm like, you know what? Philly, they're not going to be an 11 and 16. They're just not. It's it's not going to happen. It's not in the cards. The schedule's laid out for them to do so. But I don't see that team being that kind of good. I do think that they are an above 500 team against the schedule that they played this year. Number one in that division is the Dallas Cowboys at 11 and 6. This is going to be another prototypical Cowboys case of what they've done the last few years. They're going to beat up on their division. And they're going to struggle when they play actually good teams. But the NFC East isn't playing a whole ton of great teams this year. So I think that Dallas is going to be able to get away with just playing Dallas Cowboy football as it is currently presented to you. And they're going to have a lot of wins. They're just not going to be beating anybody that's really good. But I think that they're going to be the team that takes down the Eagles when the Eagles should probably win the game at home. They're going to be the team that goes on the road and maybe gets one here and there against, say, like a Minnesota. You know, a team that, well, yeah, they're, they should probably beat, but, you know, we, we'll see. They're going to win a lot of those ones. What they're not going to win is the times that they're playing some of the better teams in the league. When they, If they play Tampa or Los Angeles anywhere in there, that's a loss. They, they, the Cowboys are not those teams. So just to reiterate there, we got Dallas at 11 and six, Philadelphia at nine and eight, Washington at seven and 10 and the New York Giants at five and 12. Moving over to the NFC North fourth place, we got the Chicago Bears at five and 12. The Bears are a hard one for me to predict because I really don't think that there's a whole lot there. And I also don't know much about Justin Fields' game yet. I, I feel like I just saw bits and pieces of it. I never felt like I really got to know who's Justin Fields when he takes the field. I I think that this is a below-average team, and I oddly think that this division's going to be a little bit more competitive than it has been, where I don't think that Detroit's going to be just a stomping ground for everybody. I think that Minnesota's going to benefit from some of the lack of the NFC. I think that they're going to be able to capitalize and be a little bit of a better team. I do think Green Bay is a lesser team than they were last year, but I think that there's room for Chicago to win more games than I have them presented at. But until I see it, I don't trust it. 
So Chicago is going to stay down at five and 12 for me right now. Third place in this division is going to be the Detroit lions at eight and nine. I don't think that Detroit's a winning team yet. I don't think they're an above 500 team, but I do think that there is something there, particularly offensively. Jared Goff, although is not somebody that you would even consider a top echelon quarterback. He's probably not making anybody's top 15. Jared Goff can play. We'll, we'll say it that way. He he has some stuff there, and he's obviously got a little bit of weaponry out there in Detroit. And we saw this offense last year put up points. Their offense wasn't a problem. I mean, it was a problem in the way that they couldn't put up 35 every game. But, I mean, they, they were putting up consistent points. They just had no defense at all. I think that we're going to see something that's a little bit better than last year, a lot more promising for their future. I don't think Jared Goff's the guy. But Detroit's going to look like a fun 8-9 and nine team this year. Number two, Minnesota at 10 and seven. I think, again, they capitalize on the NFC just being worse than it was really over the last decade at any point. I think the NFC this year might be the worst conference that there's ever been in the NFL as long as I have been watching. Let me preface that because I wouldn't be able to tell you as much as I know about the history of football. I do not know exactly how every team finished in 1992. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't I don't have that to my disposal. But I would say since about 2002, I probably got it. So, what I would say is from that time frame, I don't think I've ever seen a conference as bad as the NFC is this year. I have seen divisions that are worse than the divisions currently in front of us. I mean, my Seahawks won one of them back when they won at 7 and 9. So, that obviously then leaves Green Bay at the top there. I got them 11 and 6. I wouldn't be shocked if they actually win less than that. I do think they win this division. Um, I, I Because if anything, if they win less, I think that also probably means that Minnesota and Detroit will be winning less. I think one way or another, Green Bay ends, out, ends up on top of this division. But keep in mind that Aaron Rodgers is throwing to guys that have, like, combined – 60 something catches in the league outside of Sammy Watkins, who, you know, who knows what that looks like. So I've got this division just to reiterate Green Bay at 11 and six, Minnesota 10 and seven, Detroit eight and nine, and Chicago at five and 12. Pretty boring division. Uh, frankly, really, the first two are. Now we finally get the first good team as we move over to the NFC South. However, they do have three other teams in that division. I have the Atlanta Falcons finishing at 5-12. and 12. Marcus Mariota, um, I might as well just say right now he's questionable for every week because he is somebody that you can almost predict there will be some type of injury. Marcus Mariota is not somebody that plays 16 games a year at this point, 17. And we will get to see, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on the kid's name, the rookie that they drafted, Desmond Ritter. So we'll probably see him at some point. Who knows what he actually looks like in his rookie year in the league because I heard that he's somebody that you can anticipate there's going to have to be a lot of work done for him to really predicate his game the way that he wants to within the NFL systems. But on top of that, you take the Calvin Ridley suspension. So now it's what Kyle Pitts and what? <laughs> like, is it just going to be Kyle Pitts all over the place? I, I mean, he's got... He's incredibly talented. Maybe it is, but I don't see this team winning a lot of games. 
this was a team that uh, actually this was one of the ones that I had at one and 16 when I did the win loss thing going through their schedule. I can't picture them being that bad, but I wouldn't be shocked if five wins is too many for them. That's where I place them. I also have the Carolina Panthers going five and 12. I do think that Baker Mayfield will inevitably be starting for this team, but I think at the end of the year, the Panthers will realize that neither Sam Darnold nor Baker Mayfield is going to be what is their future plan. It will not be their pathway to the future. So Carolina, I I think they're going to be just a little too good to be one of the bottom teams, but I still think this is a top 10 draft pick kind of team next year that obviously they'll be able to shed both the quarterbacks this off season, and they'll probably end up picking one of the kids coming out of college. Could be any of them at this point. We still have the whole college season to be played we still have all the stuff between the end of the college football season and the draft where all of a sudden there's a quarterback you haven't heard of that all of a sudden is oh he's going to be a first rounder and it's like what (laughs) like you just said a week ago he was like early fourth round so we'll we'll have to wait for who they're going to be able to take but i think this is it for both those quarterbacks as far as their starting roles in the nfl at least for right now i think baker still has a chance Sam, I think he's already going to be a backup. I think it's this is it for him. I got New Orleans, number two in this division at 6-11. and 11. New Orleans has still a pretty damn good roster from even the days of Drew Brees being there to where I could see a scenario in which maybe Jameis Winston can make it work there. Maybe. I mean, Coach Sean Payton's not there anymore, so... I don't know that he's got necessarily the offensively minded guy that's going to be able to guide him in the right direction. He might come out and throw another 30 for 30 season, but I see this team being just meh. <laughs> like they're too good defensively to, to get blown out by a lot, but they're also not gifted enough offensively to be able to just take the roof off. And I think we're going to see a lot of like, 24 16 games Uh, it's it's just gonna be yeah watching them this year i at least in my estimation i know Jameis does take chances and i also do realize that alvin kamara and michael thomas are pieces that Jameis winston has but i mean we we've seen kamara he's very good yeah has injuries here and there but most running backs do and we haven't seen Michael Thomas in a while. I, I don't know what Michael Thomas we're going to be looking at or how his connectivity to Jameis Winston is. So I'm not putting too much into New Orleans. Now, number one here, obviously, we do have the Tamp- uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 12 and 5. So for the Bucs, I struggled a little bit with them because I keep trying to talk myself down on Tampa saying, look, they, they're not going to be as good this year. They've clearly lost some pieces in the offseason. They had their uh, their guard that retired. Gronk retired. Uh, there, there was somebody else, I believe, they lost in free agency. Obviously, Antonio Brown's not going to be there, which as much as I didn't buy much into Antonio Brown being a big deal in Tampa, he did actually play a significant role, at least for the time that he was there. So, I I think that Tom Brady's ultimately going to be able to still make this work just fine. And there's also a lot of talk with him, you know, that he was trying to make his way, not in Tampa for, for really the last two years now. 
I think that there is a way to think, oh, well, you know, Tom's head's not in it. I, I'm going to tell you something about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is now fully committed. He's taking his time off right now. When he comes back, he's coming back guns blaze, and the guy's going to be ready to go, and he's not taking any steps off here. So when I look at the rest of the NFC, again, doing the win-loss thing with Tampa, I'm like, well, shit, he's going to win like all the NFC games because they're just better than all these other teams, and it's not really that close. The only team that's close is the Rams. I'm not worried about any of these other teams playing against Tampa. So I got them going 12 and five just because I think that they have to not be better than that. <laughs> like I have a hard time telling myself that Tampa's going to be better than 12 and five just because of all the building factors that they've had in their off season. But when I look at the schedule, I'm just like, I, Tampa's better than all of these. So they, they were a little bit hard for me to actually judge, but I, I think I got them in the right place here. NFC West, we got Seattle coming in last place at four and thirteen, worst team in the NFC. I'll stand by that. I legitimately do think that that's going to be the case. Um, if you want to make a case for maybe Atlanta or the Giants being worse, I'll listen. But I think that Carolina is going to be better than us. I think that Washington's going to be better than us. Detroit, San Fran, whoever. I mean, granted, I don't think a lot of people have San Fran all that low, but. Eh, new quarterback in there. We'll see. I still think Seattle's the worst team in the NFC. Uh, it, it really comes down to quarterback play. I mean, Drew Locke and Geno Smith. God, that is the worst quarterback competition that there's ever been. And that, okay, you know what? I'll take that back. Maybe, maybe not the worst, but it's up there. So Seattle, I think they have a lot to build off of, obviously, as a Seahawk fan. I'm okay with them doing terribly this year, but I do actually see a scenario in which we have a great future laid out for us because all we have to do is be bad this year, which we're clearly in on by who we have as quarterbacks because there's opportunities and there's been opportunities to get other quarterbacks that would make us better, but they would make us like a 500 team, which is what you don't want to be if you're rebuilding. So I'm good with this and I will stand by this. We are going to come in fourth place in the NFC West we are the worst team in the NFC. Hell yeah. Third in this division will be the San Francisco 49ers at eight and nine. You are going to see the fall off of what happens when you do not play Jimmy Garoppolo on that team, because I don't feel much confidence in Trey Lance. However, their roster is so good. I have a hard time believing that they're going to lose a ton of games. I think that they are now going to be a team now for them. This isn't a rebuild. This is them moving to the future. So for them, eight and nine isn't the worst thing in the world because if Trey Lance shows any promise towards a future, well, guess what? You now have all the things you need. Let's keep growing the kid, and next year will be better, and the year after that will be better than that. I think that this year, it's about a 500 year for San Francisco. Yeah, maybe they go nine and eight, not eight and nine. I really don't think that they're a good team. Uh, they're a good team with an, I don't know, quarterback. You know what I mean? So that's where I got San Fran. Number two in this division, I got the Arizona Cardinals at 10 and seven. Look, they're going to have to figure out this, uh, all this drama with Kyler Murray at some point. I wouldn't be shocked if they have a slow start to the season just because there's a lot of shit going on there, but they really need to do what they can to get off to a decent start because keep in mind, Kyler Murray has also been proven to be one of these quarterbacks 
who as the season progresses, he becomes fatigued, he becomes hurt, and he's not able to compete at the same level. After starting 11-2 and last year, I believe they won. Did they win anything after that? I don't even know if they won one more. They, they might have legitimately just ended up 11-6 and six and out in the first round. I, I know that they didn't do a lot of winning after that. If they won anything, they won a game. So I think that Arizona, it's very important for them to get off to a hot start. However, again, with this NFC being as weak as it is, I just think Arizona is too good to not be one of these teams that at least ends up in the playoffs. Number one there, no surprise. We got the LA Rams. I got them at 11 and six, and I I could have gone 12 and five with them. I think it, for one, they don't have an easy schedule. The whole NFC West does not because we play the AFC West. What a year for that. So the Rams have to play at some point, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders. And additionally, they're starting off their season with, oh yeah, the Bills. So that that does not help. And that that was mostly why I have the Rams at 11 and six. It's just because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, maybe they split the AFC West. Maybe they go three and one, but I mean, it's tough to win against those teams. And then you also have Buffalo, who's hungry. I'm telling you, Buffalo, they are still pissed about the way that that last season ended for them. They're coming out there to show it. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe they are the favorites for the Super Bowl. Like a lot of people are in on Buffalo, and I think Vegas agrees. So I think Vegas is going to come out there, or uh, Vegas. I think Buffalo is going to come out there, and they're going to stick it to the Rams in week one. I think it'll be a close game. I'm, I'm not saying take Buffalo, bet the farm, you know, all the money. Also, week one's a weird week. I don't bet a lot on week one. Or, you know what, at this point, I kind of do, but I don't trust any of my bets. I've seen Jacksonville win a game in week one twice, and they end up being the worst team in the league. So I'm not really into week one stuff, but the the Rams probably going to be coming off a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. They're still a very, very good team. Don't get me wrong. I don't want this twisted up to where now I'm saying the Rams suck and they're overrated. No, 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 no. They have a tough-ass schedule. And I think that they're going to lose more games than you would probably imagine that they would. If I just said, hey, Rams record go, and you didn't look at their schedule, you'd probably say something like 13 and 4, 12 and 5. Hell, you might even say 14 and 3. I just think that you're probably looking at a team that's going to be overrun by some of these tough games. And luckily for them, they don't have to do a whole lot to get into the playoffs in the NFC or even win that division. So I'm I honestly Seattle's not a threat. I don't think San Fran's a threat this year and Arizona, they have drama and also have proven that they don't play deep into the season. Good football. They just play up the beginning of the year. Great football. And then they fade. The Rams will be fine. Let me have them at 11 and six. All right. We're going to take a little sip of the big gulp and a little sip of the beer. And then we're going to move over to the AFC. Pepsi and beer, going to be honest, they don't actually, uh, they don't go well when you do them one after the other like that, but I need them both. All right, work with me. AFC East. Oh, hold on. I did promise this. For the NFC, let me tell you the teams that will be in the playoffs. I do have Tampa as the number one seed. I have the Rams at two, Green Bay at three, Dallas at four. Arizona is fifth seed, Minnesota sixth, and Philadelphia seventh. 
We will get into what the playoff predictions will be in just a little while here after the AFC, but that does list there the playoff teams for you in the NFC. AFC East, the New York Jets, I do have coming in last place in that division at 6-11, and but I think it's going to be a very uplifting 6-11. and I think the Jets are going to be looking towards the future with a lot of promise. Keep in mind, they play in the AFC, which unlike the NFC, means you are playing tougher teams very regularly. I think the, G- uh, the Jets are going to have some struggles there. And keep in mind, there's really not a bad team in their division. So I, mean, I don't think that necessarily New England's great. I don't think the Miami's necessarily great. Buffalo's great. You're going to have a hard time winning those games. And then when you look at the other teams in the AFC that they're going to be playing, well, most of them are good. And I know that the Jets are playing as a last place team schedule so that they'll have games on there that are Jacksonville's and Houston's, and they should win those. I really think they should, and I think they will. But there's going to be enough tough games there that I don't think they're going to be able to do a lot of winning this year, but I think you get to see promise for the future. I have New England coming in at 8-9. and nine. Yeah, how about that? Picking the Pats to be under 500 for the first time since what 2002 <laughs> like it's it's crazy i it feels weird doing it but i i think that new england is just not to standard when you look at the rest of the afc at this point i i think that they might be able to sneak out an extra win i mean maybe two just because of the great coaching of bill belichick but I mean, you got your old defensive coordinator now being your offensive coordinator. I just don't think that that team's going to be able to score enough points. I mean, they have no weapons. And Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. This isn't this isn't like this outlook of, oh, my God, well, we, we have the thing. You got a great coaching staff and a pretty damn good defense. You don't have much else. I got New England finishing third there. I've got the Miami Dolphins finishing at 10 and 7, second in that division. I um I feel good about Miami, but not as good as some. There's a lot of people telling me that Miami could be like a 12 and 5, 13 and 4 kind of team. I don't see that. If anything, I might be overrating the Dolphins by doing this because if Tua doesn't have it, then you are in a real situation here. You're in a spot where you have all this speed and talent around them and you don't have the guy. And you're going to find out this year. You're going to find out one way or another. What I think we're going to find out is he can play, but it's he's not elite. I think that's exactly what we find this year. And thus the team will follow suit. They will not be an elite team, but they'll be pretty good. 10 and 7. Number one in this division, I got the Buffalo Bills, 13-4. and four. Uh, Buffalo's going to be on a warpath. They're, they're going to be crushing people. If anything, I wouldn't be shocked if they win another game than I gave them. But Buffalo, Buffalo's here to play. I, I don't think I need to explain why. Obviously, we know everything that they got going on. It's It's been the same team for the last two years. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> I think we're going to keep seeing the same thing. We're going to move over to the AFC North where I have the Cleveland Browns finishing in last place at seven and 10. The AFC is tough. You got to go your first 11 games with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, yeah, you, you could win some of those and they, granted, I think they will. I think they will win some of those, 
I actually think that when they start doing their losing is when Deshaun Watson comes back, because keep in mind, look at how rusty he has looked just in his little bit of preseason time. He's going to have to do that in real game action against everybody's starters. I don't think they're going to be doing a lot of winning when Deshaun Watson first comes back. I think it's going to be next year that you start seeing any life in the Cleveland Browns offense. This year, considering A, their division, and B, their conference, I think Cleveland is a below 500 team, and I I don't really see a way that they're over 500. I I went through their schedule, and uh, originally I think I had them 8-9, and and then – I was like, I think I gave him too much. So, okay, maybe they go eight and nine like I originally had. But no, they're not over 500. Number three in this division, I do have the Pittsburgh Steelers at eight and nine. I want everybody to keep something in mind because I know everybody's blasting their quarterback room. Ah, Trubisky sucks, even though he's got a winning record. Ah, Kenny Pickett's hands are small because that matters. Look. They just took Big Ben in what was the worst iteration of a Hall of Famer's quarter, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback seasons. His whole career, that was the worst one. Yeah. Um, I know when I say Hall of Famer, you're thinking, well, his worst season still couldn't have been that bad. No, it was pretty damn bad. I mean, he struggled to throw the ball more than like 10 yards at the end there. You're bringing in new life there. I think that having Mitch Trubisky back there already makes this team better than it was last year. The only problem is, again, when we talk about how damn good this conference is, Pittsburgh's going to run into too many buzzsaws. I think they are legitimately better, and I know they made the playoffs last year. It's not going to happen again because they shouldn't have made it last year. It's not going to do the same thing this year. It's just not. It simply will not happen. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are actually better than they were a year ago. I just need everybody to keep that in mind. So when I have Pittsburgh at eight and nine, don't tell me, no, they're going to be shit. They're not going to be shit. Mike Tomlin keeps a very good team. They have a very good roster and they just improved a quarterback. Yes, it's still only Mitch Trubisky, but that's still better than what Big Ben just was. Number two in this division, here to shock all of you, I have the Cincinnati Bengals, but not because of where I have them in this division, but I have them going nine and eight. Look, Cincinnati last year, I want you guys to remember, there was a time in the season where I think they were seven and six, I think is what they were, right before their offense all of a sudden just clicked on all cylinders and they went flying through the rest of the NFL. Cincinnati was a borderline playoff team that honestly, I thought pretty much up until the last week, they weren't going to be in there. Cincinnati was able to pull it out. Good for them. Um, I just don't really see where Cincinnati comes back this year. And even though they have improved their offensive line, you see this a lot where a team that just goes to the Super Bowl. Well, they take a little step back, especially the loser of the Super Bowl. I think that that comes back and plays in with Cincinnati. I hear a lot of people telling me this will be the time that doesn't happen because they're so young, they're so good. They're still going to be an electric storm offensively. I have no doubts about that. I really don't. But can they win? When I look at the rest of the teams – In this conference, I think that they lose a solid bit of those games. 
And I have Cincinnati outside the playoffs. Yep. No Bengals this year in the playoffs. No Joe Burrow. And it's not the hate on him. I think Joe Burrow is a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. He's great. But I think that Cincinnati overachieved last year, and I think they come back to being a little bit closer to what they should be. Keep in mind, last year I had this team going 4-13. and 13. They made it to the Super Bowl. I just want that to be noted. That's how much I think they overachieved. I think that this year they returned to about what they should be. Number one in this division, I do have the Baltimore Ravens at 12-5. and five. This is obviously if Lamar Jackson can remain healthy throughout the year. I think that Baltimore's got a real thing here. The only thing that worries me is that outside of Mark Andrews, they really don't have a lot of weapons. And I think that that's going to come back to bite them come playoff time. But I think as we move throughout the regular season, they will be able to have a lot of success. Obviously, it is difficult as hell the game plan playing against Lamar Jackson because there's nobody in the league that does Lamar Jackson except for Lamar Jackson. I think that that by itself is enough of a weapon that as long as he stays healthy, this team is one of the better ones in this even better conference. So I've got Baltimore up at the top there at 12 and five, just to reiterate this Cincinnati at nine and eight Pittsburgh at eight and nine Cleveland at seven and 10. We move to the AFC South Fourth place, I have the worst team in football this year being the Houston Texans at 3-14, and 14, and I'm not as confident that they are going to be the worst team in football. But I, I couldn't find a lot of wins for them. That was the problem. I found, like, Jacksonville at home. This was the other one where I had a 1-16 team. And I'm like, I, they're not that bad. But I don't think that they win more than five. I mean, yeah, maybe three and four teams too low. Maybe Davis Mills is actually something because he did show signs of being something. I can't tell what it is, but it's something. He might, it might just be Fitzpatrick out here. He's going to throw 400 yards, and you don't know if it's good or not. But I currently have Houston as the worst team in the NFL. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 5-12. and 12. Look, I know they made a lot of offseason movement. I, I know that they did a lot to improve around the roster. And I know that Trevor Lawrence is entering year two with a little bit more help. It's hard to win in the AFC this year. <laughs> I, I'm not even saying that this is a team that other years would be 5-12. and 12. It might be a 7-10 and 10 kind of team. But man, they, they're going to have to win some games that they, that they shouldn't. And I know that that's the standard for a lot of teams and a lot of times when you see these teams that come up out of nowhere Jacksonville I thought was maybe the best example that I could go for this year as far as me being incredibly wrong where as I thought like Cincinnati last year I thought now they're a year a year away from being able to do anything or Arizona oh no they're a year off from when they can be really good they might be fine this year but they're not going to be great Jacksonville could be that team this year if Trevor Lawrence comes and balls out then okay I, I will eat it. That'll be my mistake. But I know that the guy that's editing this show would tell you right off the top of his head, that is not the guy that's going to come out and ball out this year. Mr. Zachary Murphy would take a look at this team and say, Trevor Lawrence is there. He wouldn't even say Jacksonville. I that That's one way that I like to do it. I, I would just say, oh, it's Jacksonville. Yeah, 5-12. and 12. 
Zach wouldn't do that. Zach would just tell you, hmm, Trevor Lawrence, five and 12. We're probably at the same place with how good Jacksonville is, but for totally different reasons. I, I just do it as the whole city of Jacksonville. Number two in this division is Indianapolis, nine and eight. Indy was a tough one for me because I really don't know what it's going to look like with Matt Ryan there. I think it's going to be pretty good, but I also, I, I think that it probably looked better last year with Carson Wentz, but I don't know that. Like, I, I don't, I just don't know. And that that's what's hard here because I know that Matt Ryan's not going to make the same amount of mistakes that Carson Wentz does. And yeah, Indy lost some games via mistake. They also got blown out in week 17 or 18, whatever, by Jacksonville. So, you know, maybe maybe Matt Ryan won't let that happen. But I don't have a whole ton of faith in the Colts to be a great team. Number one in this division, I have the Tennessee Titans at 11-6. and six. This is mostly just because of the, the division. I think the Tennessee is going to win definitely four to six of these games. And even when you look around the rest of the AFC here, yes, it's hard to win but there has to be a winner of this division. And I really do think that Tennessee has something. I mean, at this point, they they need to be coming into this season looking to do the two-headed monster running style now with Derrick Henry coming back and Dante Foreman because that guy was running the ball not as well as Derrick Henry, but he was running the ball pretty damn well in the absence of Derrick Henry. You alleviate some of that pressure and some of the injury potential from Derrick Henry, and you just hand the ball to the other guys sometimes. He runs good. Like, let, let it be a two-man monster there. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, I mean, okay, you know what you have. It, it's it's going to be, for some reason, he's phenomenal in the red zone. Outside of the red zone, eh, he does some stuff. And, you know, he's athletic, so he can run for the first sometimes. Yeah, I don't think the Tennessee is going to be very explosive. I think it's going to be a lot of what you've seen the last couple of years, just run the ball. If Derek, Derek, you're in again. Like, a guy can't even run to the sideline for a drink of water. I'm surprised they don't play him at middle linebacker. We move over to the AFC West, the division of hell. Like, when I'm talking division from hell, I've never seen a division that looks this good going into an NFL season. Never in my life this one where i said the nfc is the worst conference i have ever seen i'm not as positive on that as i am on this that this division is fucking phenomenal there has to be so unfortunately a fourth place team so i do have the las vegas raiders coming in at 10 and 7 yep fourth place at 10 and 7 i went through the schedule too to make sure that all these things could happen they can Number three in this division, the LA Chargers, 11 and six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Justin Herbert, I mean, he's not taking any breaks, right? All of a sudden, there's supposed pressure on him that he has to make the playoffs. Well, okay. Eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> Justin Herbert is also like consensus top five quarterback by most people in the NFL. Um, I don't think the pressure's on him. I think it's on the coaching staff. <laughs> Number two. Denver Broncos also at 11 and six. I'm giving them a tiebreaker here. 
But I do think that uh, Denver with Russell Wilson, it's going to be an immediate success. Granted, I don't think it's going to be as good as this team might be a year from now, because obviously chemistry does take some time to take place. However, I think that Russell Wilson's pretty compatible with just about anybody in this league. So I think that Russ is already making it work with his receivers. And I'm sure that we're going to see it come game time. The one thing that I'm thinking that Denver's probably going to realize, and I drafted their running back in my fantasy league because of this, Russell Wilson holds on to the ball for a long time. Even when the protection is there, I think that they're going to still have to run the ball for Russ to really be able to have the success. Like when they did the whole, oh, let Russ cook thing the last couple of years. The problem with that is that Russ needs the run game for his game to really work to its best. And I don't know if he even realizes it, although I think he's smart enough to. And I don't, what what I'm worried about is that Denver doesn't know that yet. And so they're, they're about to just be in the shotgun all year. And Russ is going to be taking sacks, even with a better offensive line that he had. So Denver, I've still got number two in this division. Kansas city, obviously then comes in number one. I've got them at 12 and five. Look, they're going to lose games in this division. I couldn't have them be like this 14 and three. You know, I always tell people the Kansas city is just better than you they're not going to be able to only lose three times playing these teams six times. It's not possible. And they also got Buffalo on their schedule. They got the Rams on their schedule. Like they, they got some tough games and I think the Kansas city is still going to win a lot of those tough games, but they're also going to lose some of them there. There's no way they just go and beat everybody. It can't happen. So what that does for the AFC, as far as the teams that make the playoffs, I do have the Buffalo Bills as the one seed. Kansas City is the two seed. Baltimore is the three seed. Tennessee is four. And then I have Denver, Chargers, and Vegas all making the playoffs. The whole AFC West gets into the playoffs this year. Hot takery over here on nobody is shiftier. I got shifty and I put in the whole AFC West. So this does uh, this does leave Miami also just outside of the playoffs. So those of you that thought that I overdid it with Miami, I still have them missing the playoffs. So just keep that in mind. I want you to realize I'm being I'm being real with you. I'm not I'm not sitting here just saying no Miami. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're gonna be good. They're not playoff good in this AFC. It just can't be. <sighs> All right. So, for the first round of the playoffs, I am struggling with my hat. For those of you who are not watching on video, I am struggling. Okay. This leaves us with a first round. In the NFC, we have the LA Rams at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Rams kind of wiped the floor with them. I got this game going 34-17 in favor of the Rams. They move on. We've got the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers divisional matchup always love seeing those in the playoffs by the way i've got green bay winning that one 31 27 i think that'll be a close game and once again kirk cousins comes up short in a big moment and we've got the four five seed game here dallas against arizona in dallas i have the upset on this one i think arizona is just better than dallas because dallas isn't better than any good teams so i've got now for the second round there Arizona goes to Tampa. 
I think Tampa wins this one handily. I got it 38 to 23. Tampa moves along to the NFC championship game. The Green Bay Packers head to LA to take on the Rams, and I've got the Rams winning that one 34-27. Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, will be pissed and probably not happy after that game. And then that brings the Rams over to Tampa, where like I'm almost trying to talk myself out of it still, but I got Tampa. I got Tampa winning this one 34 to 31. Like Tampa's supposed to be worse than they were last year, and I still have Tampa winning the NFC. I'm like I understand that sometimes I can get a little bit maybe too high and mighty with Brady, but as I'm realistically going through this, you don't see teams repeat very often. I don't think that the Rams are going to be back in the Super Bowl. And I don't know of any other team in the NFC that can really do it except for the Bucs. I got the Bucs there. In the AFC, we've got the number seven Las Vegas Raiders going to Kansas City, another divisional round matchup. Uh, The Raiders actually played the Chiefs really well. I don't know if anybody's noticed that over the last two years. The Raiders keep the Chiefs close. So I've got this game going 34-28 Kansas City's way, one score game. I don't think that they run away with that one. We've got the six-seeded L.A. Chargers heading to Baltimore. This one was tough for me. I took Baltimore here just because I think it's about time that Lamar Jackson gets a playoff win. Or I, I think he – did he get one? Something in my brain is telling me he has one, and that's that's what I seem to remember. But I know that everybody says that he doesn't win in the playoffs. Look, I don't think that has anything to do with Lamar Jackson. I think it's been more than anything else just that the Ravens haven't been as good as these other teams. But this one was still tough because I think the Chargers are also really, really good. So I could actually see that going either direction, but I'm taking Baltimore here on a flyer. We move over to fifth-seeded Denver, heading to fourth-seeded Tennessee. I got Denver winning 28-16. I don't think Tennessee's in the same league as Denver. I think uh, I think Tennessee's not exactly Dallas, I think that they are, even though they are less uh, multi-tooled than Dallas is, um, they're not an elite team. They're just not. So I think Denver's really up there. This brings Denver up to Buffalo, and unfortunately for Denver, as great as they are, Buffalo's on a war path. Buffalo's going to win that one 34-31, sending them to the AFC Championship game. And I've got Baltimore heading to Kansas City. Keep in mind also, Baltimore plays Kansas City very tough. But Kansas City wins these games most of the time, and they will win this one 31-28, giving us a rematch of one of the best games I have ever watched in my life. Kansas City going to Buffalo. Winner goes to the Super Bowl. I got Kansas City taking it again, 38-35. to This leaves us with a Tampa Bay-Kansas City rematch of two years ago super bowl look i was trying to talk myself into something else but i just believe in tom brady and i just believe in patrick mahomes i really do i think that they like tom brady it's beyond stats at this point like tom brady just he started doing this back when he first took over the quarterback position for drew bledsoe tom brady just wins it doesn't make any sense because there's times when he ta- plays terribly, but he still gets you that game-winning drive. It Sometimes, you know, I can't even say it drives me nuts. It's never driven me nuts. 
I was nine years old watching. And I'm like, dude, this guy's like a, a hero. My dad's watching. He's like, but it's not good. <laughs> and then Tom Brady got really good to go with that. So then Tom Brady started slinging the ball. And now at 45 years old, he's still going to be like top five in every st- statistical category in the NFL. For Patrick Mahomes, and like, I, I don't bet against that guy. You kidding me? <laughs> I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I'm taking him 10 out of 10 times over anybody else. But then we get to the Super Bowl here, and it's, well, it's Tom Brady and it's Patrick Mahomes. What do you, what do, you do? I'll tell you what we do. We eat it a little bit, and we just say, you know what? It's got to be Tom Brady, right? Because he's never going to lose again. Yeah. I, I, I'm taking the box to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I will tell you guys quickly. I am terrible at picking playoff games last year. I think I did about as good as I've ever done. And it was like dead on 500 playoff games have never been something I'm great at when it comes to the NFL. I love picking the regular season. I pick every game every week and I usually do pretty damn good playoffs come. I'm like a 500 guy. It's, it's it's some years it's worse. Some years I'm I'm coming back and I'm like, man, one like 32 percent. It's not it's not me. So, yeah, if we're being realistic here, I could see the Chargers beating Baltimore, even if like my whole regular season pans out, which obviously I told you guys will not be exactly that. But I could see the Chargers beating beating Baltimore. Uh, Dallas could beat Arizona. That's round one. What else did I mess up? So then that sends Dallas to Tampa. No, Tampa still wins that. Uh, Green Bay could upset the Rams. Um, the char ooh, the Chargers then would be going to play Buffalo. So Buffalo wins that, but that then means Denver goes to Kansas City, and uh, Denver Denver might be able to beat Kansas City. And then all of a sudden we're looking at a Buffalo Denver game and a potential Tampa Green Bay game, and uh, God, I. I love watching Tampa Green Bay games with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, but I feel like it's going to be super repetitive if we see it again. I guess I'm, yeah, I'd still like to see it again. I don't know, guys. I'm excited for football, man. <laughs> I spent so much time making this damn thing, so I hope you guys like it. I, I wanted to give some insight to all 32 NFL teams because I know that there's teams out there that I'm not going to talk a whole lot about during the course of the season. Like, you're probably not going to hear me breaking down the Giants or Houston. It, I, I just, I'm not interested. So that's what I'm going to talk about are the things that I find interesting and the things that are obviously really good that are being talked about everywhere else in the country. So I'll be talking a lot about a lot of these teams I'm looking at right now on this playoff sheet, Buffalo will absolutely be talked about. Kansas city is going to be talked about Vegas is going to be talked about like all these teams on here are going to be talked about. But when I was looking at some of the teams that are going to be towards the bottom, I might not even mention them throughout the course of the whole season. They, they might go totally unknown. The only team that I'll be talking about that I know is bad is my Seahawks outside of them. All the bad teams, I'm sorry if I don't talk about you guys. It's not anything against you as an organization. Be better. All right? like That's a, that's all you got to do. Just be better. We'll make it work. I'll talk about you if you're good. That's, that's how this game works. So next week, guys, I'm going to be going over the top 10 power rankings. Colbs gives a weekly power rankings. 
And with this, I'm going to talk in depth about each of those 10 teams to a certain extent. Just to give you a little bit more than what I was able to give you doing all 32 teams today, where I kind of have to keep it short and sweet. So I basically talk about the quarterback real quick and how I think the roster is doing and then move along. We'll be able to actually break some shit down next week. So I'll be coming to you with that top 10 power rankings list going into the 2022 NFL season. And, you know, I'm debating on this because usually I give picks when I give the power rankings, but I'm thinking to myself, I might be able to get in another show after next week before the NFL season officially kicks off. Hmm. Maybe I give picks right before the game start. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm probably going to hold off on picks next week and then in two weeks, right before the NFL season begins, probably like the day before the day of, I will be coming to you to give picks. I'm going to see if I can maybe get somebody to come hang out with me for that week too. Um, I, I think it'll be fun, even if we can make nobody a shift here, a little bit of a party. Maybe I can get a couple of the guys around. We can do a little bit of a group session here. I can go over my picks, let everybody shit on me. We all have fun. I made that sound more negative than it actually is. Like I actually enjoy, we, we all just kind of shit on each other. It's what we do. I made it sound like they just like pick on me. Huh? Well, I, I'll nail it next week. I'll set I'll set it up next week. I'm going to do this again where I try to promote, but I'm going to make it not sound like it's a terrible time for me specifically. Like I want to sound like I like my friends. That's, that's kind of what I want to do. So, guys, check out Nobody's Shiftier next week for power rankings and somewhere within the next two weeks for some picks. Also, check out John and I on Jacked and Canned. I'll probably be doing a little bit of this with him on our sports roundtable whenever I record with him this week. But then we also, as you guys who listen to both shows know, John and I are also going to talk about a whole bunch of other shit. There's, there's going to be so much non-sport related things to talk about. I've already texted myself at least like 14 topics to bring up. So we're going to have good time over there on Jacked and Canned. And guys, with that said, this has been Nobody is Shift.